0: Hi there, and welcome back to I Hadn't Considered That. I am your host, Vanessa Torrey, and this week's guest comes to us at a perfect time because we are right at the beginning of Independent Business Week in Arizona, which is a wonderful opportunity for us to celebrate all of the entrepreneurs that are doing incredible things to put products and services out into the community that allows us to keep our dollars inside the local economy. And that is something that is so dear to my heart. Something else that's dear to my heart is celebrating and supporting people who are doing whatever they can to take a passion that they have and turn that into an entrepreneurial opportunity so that they can take their passion and make a living from that. And so this week's guest is Lacey Jones and she has an incredible candle company here called Milky Candles. It is a queer black woman owned business allowing others in the community to control their mental and physical space with their handmade hand-poured multifaceted candles. They use cruelty-free and non-toxic ingredients and they emphasize upcycling so that you can take your candle vessels and reuse them and recycle them. I own more of her candles than is probably reasonable because if you know anything about me, my space is my sanctuary, right? I sold my home back in April. I moved to a small apartment downtown. And so this small space has become such a meaningful environment to me and my own well being and my creativity that I do whatever I can to make that space as beautiful as possible. So These little candles, oh my God. I I, I have no idea how this woman does it, but you light one of these candles. One of my favorites is the rose water candle because I can light that bad boy and the whole apartment smells like a rose garden because I love plants and anything natural and floral. And so anytime that I can just turn my apartment into a garden, oh man, I'm gonna jump on that in a damn heartbeat. And I met Lacey a couple months ago and she has such a vibrant spirit and by connecting with her on social media and following what she's doing with her company, I am just in awe of everything that she does to make this product. And I think that that's something that we lose is the idea that, well, you know, we can just go to the store and buy a candle or we can go to a restaurant and just have a simple meal. People that are local and small business owners are doing amazing things, but it's hard because usually small businesses start out just one person with a dream and some passion that's trying to make a go of it. And I support that. And I love that idea, especially as someone who has left their corporate job behind and has now put all of their energy into trying to get my creative business off the ground, man, friends, it's not easy. There are times that I doubt myself. I wonder if everything is worth it. And it's so much time and so much energy. And sometimes it's a struggle and sometimes it's a beautiful thing. And so Lacey and I talked today about all of those upsides and those downsides to being a small business owner. So If you are a supporter of small business, I hope that this inspires you to continue to patronize these beautiful businesses that are doing what they can to put what they do out into the world. If you are somebody that has an entrepreneurial spirit, her words are going to inspire you on your venture and what you're doing. And it is such a beautiful conversation that is full of just, we giggle, we giggle a lot because I'm a giggler and Lacey's a giggler. And so when you get the two of us together, it's going to be fun. Speaking of fun, I'm doing something with the podcast this week that I've never done before. And I'm excited about the opportunity, which is I'm doing a giveaway because I want to share these candles with you. This is how much I love these things, right? Right. I want all of you to have them. So on top of linking to her products and her webpage and her socials in the show notes, I have a wonderful opportunity to do a giveaway with you. So all you need to do for this giveaway is bebop over to my Instagram link in the show notes so that what you can do is follow my Instagram and then follow Lacey's Instagram. The company again is Milky Candles. And then all you need to do is in the comments just tag somebody that you think might also like these candles if you want another entry into the giveaway if you go to apple podcasts and you like and review the podcast will give you another entry so that you can win one of these beautiful candles because what i want to do with this podcast is get all of these positive wonderful messages out into as many ears as I possibly can. You guys, the people that come on this show, bear their souls. They're honest. They're vulnerable. They have beautiful stories to tell. And I want to make sure that those stories reach as many people as possible. So do yourself a kindness by trying to get one of these candles and do me the kindness of supporting me as an entrepreneur as well as Lacey, who is doing amazing things. So Let me introduce you to her and have her share her beautiful story with you so that you can learn more about her and what she's doing and what it takes to run a small business. Thanks for being here. So welcome, everybody. I am sitting today with Lacey Jones, who is the owner of an amazing um, Phoenix local business that I absolutely adore called Milky Candles. And I'm so grateful that she is spending her time with us today because I have so many questions for her about her and her business. But before we get to that, I would love an opportunity for you, Lacey, to tell us a little bit about you and your company and your product. So I'm Lacey. Um,
1: I am the owner of Milky Candles LLC, and um, I'm also a full-time teacher. So I'm doing a lot of great things this summer with my candles that I wouldn't normally be able to do throughout the school year. Um, But I make and sell amazingly scented soy-based candles. And I don't usually talk too highly of myself or the skills that I have. But when I say that my candles are damn good, I really mean that they're damn good. Um, I also hand make the cement vessels that they're sold in so i have one of them burning behind me which is sea salt and vetiver because i'm trying to get into like the spring and summer mindset not that it's hard in arizona um but yeah so um part of the goal as well is just to be as reusable as possible so by upcycling your vessels into things that maybe hold jewelry or hair products and also the lids that can be used as
0: like coasters so that is Milky Candles. I can absolutely affirm that your candles are incredible. <laughs> I have, I have the rose water one and the pink peony, um, and then I have a little bit of the um, oh so juicy. Because I mean, y'all, I have to tell you, like this is like nailed it on the 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 scent. Like it, it smells real. And one of the complaints that I have, and we're gonna get to the whole big box product versus supporting local businesses is that things don't like they smell fake. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, okay, that's maybe what it's supposed to smell like. But these are like the real deals. Like with so one of the things that I also love about your company is that beyond just the sustainability of the the vessel is reusable because it's mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. I mean it is stunning um is that you also use products that are environmentally safe. Yes. So tell us yeah. about that and what that what that means and how that's how that's good for us. How that's a game changer. Yeah. So I think one of the things that is hard to come to
1: terms with as a consumer and I'm I'm not like this in my everyday life where I always have to make sure that like the paint that I'm using for my walls is toxic free and I think there's you know there's a balance here to everything. But I think as consumers, more and more, we really want to make sure that the things that we're bringing into our home are good for us and are good for our animals and you know our kids. And um, it's important to me that I learn a lot about what makes something really toxic or what makes something better or more environmentally friendly. So for example, uh, the wicks that we use are cotton wicks. And they also have this nice little curve while they're burning so that it doesn't even melt at the top to really make sure that you're reducing the amount of black soot that um, you take in because every candle will release soot. It's just whether it's clear or whether it's dark. And when it gets darker, that's when it starts becoming more problematic. Um, we also use, um, fragrance oils that are free of any of the harmful chemicals that would need a California proposition 65 warning label. It's a lot to say in one.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, I think just making sure that we are even thinking about that in our packaging. Like Our packing peanuts are also environmentally friendly. They're made out of wheat and cornstarch. Um, Outside of that, I'll use crinkle paper. um, And so just making sure that all around, everything that we're using is A, good. And then also, I try to be as locally sourced as possible. Um, Oftentimes, when we are buying out of, you know, like overseas sometimes that means that what we're getting is a lower quality product and again we could talk about that later with big box cuz i think that's one of the big things about big box um but making sure that ingredients are as local as possible just to make sure that we're also reducing our carbon footprint at the same time mm-hmm.
0: absolutely so you so you have you have a full-time job during the school year yeah and then you have this as well And I will tell you, I know firsthand when I, um, when I was starting this up and starting my creative LLC, which includes my writing and includes the podcast and I do Mm -hmm. editing as well, I was working a full-time job and it was a year and a half of 70 hours a week. It was excruciating. It is so absolutely worth it that this is now my full-time life, but it was a big leap for me to say, I'm going to follow my passion and I'm going to do this. And I understand that you have been making candles since you were very young. This is something that was sort of an outlet for you. And I want to hear a lot about that. But at what point did you say, this is something that I want to parlay into a a business opportunity for me? What was the deciding factor in that?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I, yeah, I've been making candles for over a decade, really. So just for me and my family and my friends and, you know, my mom is always the kind of person that's like, what are you waiting for? Like, get get it done. Start a business, get these things out there. And, you know, your mom is your mom. So you're always like, oh, you're just like going smoke up my ass or you're just, <laughs> you're, su- you're supposed to say that you're my mom. And I never actually thought I was going to own a business, but I think the more... I love teaching, but the more burnt out I got by working really, really hard for other people, the more I started realizing I could be putting all of that energy into things that I love and that benefit me and my communities. So I actually was on a hike with my now fiance and we, you know, she had plugged the idea a couple of times, like, oh, you should, you should sell these. Like, these are amazing. And I'm like, thanks. Um, And we, we were on a hike in our, um, like our neighborhood mountain, which sounds a bit much, but we, I just decided, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I am the kind of person where if I'm going to do something, I'm really going to do it. So Mm -hmm. it was Valentine's day. We came home from the hike and we just started doing all of the math. And I called my best friend because she's a math and science teacher. And we started doing the math. So I think when I realized that I, A, could make a business and B, I could work for myself by doing something that I already really love doing anyway. On one hand, there's this idea that I could start hating it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. On the other hand, there's this concept of um, like liberation of just being able to do something that you want to do. For yourself. And if it flops, it flops. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't.
0: I love it. So, how long have you had the company going where you have been selling the candles? Like a year and some months. Amazing. It's, baby. Yeah, it's a baby. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you just hit on something that's really important. And I think, especially for people who are makers, mm-hmm. right? And I see, I have a lot of friends who are makers, and whether they are hobby level or that gets turned into an actual business opportunity for them, Mm -hmm. there is this fine line
1: Mm -hmm. of
0: this is my passion. And this is the problem that I have with hustle culture, where Mm -hmm. everybody tells you that, you know, you have to have a side gig and you have to have all of this stuff that when we buy into the hustle culture and when we buy into Having to monetize everything and it becomes about the money and less about the passion, then we lose the passion. Yeah. And so, what I want to talk a little bit about is the startup of this. Mm -hmm. So, it's been about a year. And so, from that Valentine's Day, and by the way, what a sweet gift your fiance gave you on Valentine's (laughs) Day. Because sometimes I think, especially as women, we have these big ideas and we, I know I do this all the time. I will diminish myself and I will talk mm-hmm. myself out of it. Like, you know, your candles are freaking badass, mm-hmm. but sending this baby of yours, this product out into the world mm-hmm. and asking other people to love it is like scary shit. <laughs> so scary. Right. But, and as women, I think that we minimize that. So sometimes we need that person to come mm-hmm. along who loves us to say, I'm giving you permission. You don't need my permission, mm-hmm. but I'm giving you the permission to just go and and run. And so what was the startup like for you? Because, you know, you just said, I mean, it, it's, it's scary. And so mm-hmm. what was it like trying to get this off the ground? You're now going from a hobbyist to, oh my God, you're an entrepreneur. <sighs> yeah,
1: I, I guess I am. You are. Um, <laughs> I... So I think at first I was very committed to just making the product. I didn't want to hype anything up if there wasn't anything there. And not that there wouldn't be anything there, but anything I think that's up to my my standard of quality, which is almost disgustingly perfect. So sometimes I have to like give myself a break. But I think it was, in. it was interesting because at first I had this, you know, grand opening of my website. Of, oh my gosh, you all know me. And I had been sort of networking unintentionally before that, because I had already had like a natural hair YouTube channel. So oh. I had, um, a pretty interestingly sized following, like, you know, almost 2000 on Instagram and 30,000 on YouTube. So it wasn't in the millions by any means but it was a good following so that very first launch I had was great and it looks nothing like it does now it was like these little black tins with these little white labels across the top and um it was it was overwhelmingly supportive and then there was the lull everyone Mm. has their candles not everybody buys candles every week like I do same here apparently not everyone is as committed to their home smelling fabulous as we are sorry um so then it got quiet and I think what's important is to just be really realistic about where your journey is going to go and the amount of time that you've spent in your journey so for me I had to really tell myself okay well everyone is everyone has these items but like Some of them probably haven't even lit them yet. They might just be smelling them and like letting them sit by the window and warm up and smell the house up and all of that kind of stuff. So when the lull hit, I was a little bit nervous, but I just, you just can't really care that much and keep Mm -hmm. going. And, you know, I had to do a little bit of like bribing with my family. So I had to ask my mom, like, mom, will you go write me an Etsy review so that like we could just get the ball rolling. And I was overwhelmingly underprepared for my second launch.
0: Oh, when did the second launch, how far after the first launch did the second launch happen?
1: So the first launch, I believe, so I did it in February,
0: April. I think it was about
1: May was when I actually launched the product. And then my second launch wasn't until, I want to say it was September. So there was, um, you know, you start getting used to the, the seasonal concept and I'm like, oh shit, I should probably put out candles for fall, shouldn't I? So I started getting all of those fall scents in and, you know, everyone loved like the golden leaves and cedar wood. And then I would have like this um, Merlot and cashmere that was like not being sold. And it was just, this, I, know, it, I know, I know,
0: listen, not everyone. I want yeah. all of them are low in cashmere <laughs> in every sense of the word. Like I right. wanted it in a candle. I want it in my body. I want it on my body. I want it on my body. <laughs> sign me up.
1: Right. So I didn't have enough supplies for that. And then people would be ordering and I wasn't taking care of inventory. And then also the not just inventory of the candles, but inventory of the supplies and the materials. And the second one, I just was, I, I wasn't ready. I thought I was, and I wasn't. And I, what's important is like, I learned from both of those experiences where I was totally ready and not ready at all. Um, But I did another launch after that. And I feel like not a whole lot was that successful with that launch either. It was a winter launch. It was right after fall. And again, I think people just, they just don't buy candles like that like there are a few that do like you know my mom or my best friend or and it's not just to support me but there are people who are like holy shit I won't buy it from another candle brand again right thank you but I think some people just really enjoy having them and also I started it in the pandemic
0: right right I was gonna say I just thought about that timing yeah and also I mean can we Talk about the fact that it's the middle of the pandemic. People are home, and people are like super crafty, and they're like, "Well, maybe I'll make my own candles." Yeah. So, which, so I want to talk about that for a second because mm-hmm. you have such an amazingly beautiful artisan product, and I mentioned previously that when I go to buy candles, because I am just a candle junkie. I mean, I want my. Mm-hmm. I have a tiny little apartment in downtown Phoenix, and so. It it does not take a lot of candles to make this place (laughs) smell amazing, but I like high quality things. I Mm -hmm. am not afraid to say I am one bougie bitch that Mm -hmm. I want to have good things around me. I work hard for my money and I will spend it in the way that I feel is best for me on a couple different levels. Mm -hmm. And so for me going to, you know, freaking Walmart and getting a Yankee candle that's supposed to smell like a cupcake is not yeah. my jam. That's, I mean, I, if I want my house to smell like a cupcake, I'm going to make cupcakes, right? Cause then my house smells like cupcakes and I have cupcakes. That makes more sense to me than buying a candle that smells like some fake weird thing. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I have heard from folks in regard to small business versus big business Mm-hmm. is that there's this sort of dividing line of people understanding the value of what they're getting. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if we're buying from a big box, right, as you mentioned previously, things are coming in from China. We don't know who's making it. We don't know how it's made. We don't know what's in it. But there's a lot of people who Don't understand that there are man hours, there's products, there's quality that all goes into them buying your candle versus going and buying something from Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm -hmm. And that disconnect frustrates me when I hear it from other people. I can't imagine how frustrating that must be for any small business owner who puts their heart and soul into putting something that is there that is amazing quality. And people are like, well, I can buy a candle making kit off Amazon for twenty five dollars. So what has your experience been like in trying to get people to understand that what they're getting from you is different and valuable in a way that's maybe beyond what they're seeing right in front of them? Has that been an obstacle for you or as perhaps the demographic or the the audience that you're selling to gets that?
1: I think, well, I, I think I'm lucky to be in Phoenix when it comes to that. I'm also, I'm originally from the Seattle area. So when it comes to kind of being around like like-minded people or finding your communities, I feel like Phoenix can have that similar vibe. So I'm lucky enough to be around people who either want to be an ally or they are a part of the communities that I'm part of, whether it's the community of women, um, a queer community, or a black community or a brown girl community and so it's interesting because when I think of big box I think of there's so many things that come to mind I mean I think about how Target has this huge pride section
0: and we have Mm
1: -hmm. thousands of queer companies that sell pride merch all year not just during this month and I think that you know there are probably a lot of queer people who buy their pride merch at Target and not because they're bad people or anything like that but because it's accessible, it's affordable, it is consistent in quality. And I think that there might be people out there who don't view small businesses that same way. It's not as accessible because maybe we can't even find one to begin with. We don't even know where to search. It's it, Sometimes it's the, the quality is not the same if everything is handmade, right? You might buy a gray weather candle from me. And one might be, you know, really dark, dark, dark gray or dark black. And one might be like a little bit more charcoal because it's all handmade and it's none of it is perfect. Um, But there might be people who don't like that. They want it to come straight from a factory. They want Mm -hmm. to know that it's being cut the same way and pressed with the same machine over and over again. Um, But I think for me, it's also about just like building communities in a small business, right? Sure. I feel like in order to to sort of shift this mindset of how do we stop shopping so much or so frequently at big box um, in these larger corporations and start shopping a little bit smaller is really just to help like support each other and our communities. Like there are people who buy candles from me, not just because they're good, they obviously wouldn't buy them if they were shitty, <laughs> but because they want to be an ally, or because they see part of themselves in me or in the community that I'm serving. It's kind mm-hmm. of they wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to see this representation for my communities and let people know like this is something that like this is this is the space that I am taking up unapologetically. You right. may also take up space unapologetically. And I'm lucky that the communities that I serve and the communities that I am part of want
0: to support me. Absolutely. And well, I, When I saw you at, so I met you at the um, plant sale at Digit Phoenix. And yes, you the customer had a move, love. yes. And then you had a sign that said, um, black queer woman owned business. And mm-hmm. I looked at that sign and I'm like, that is a company I want to go support and i marched my happy self right over there and i knew i was going to be i knew i was going to be buying something i'm like just what is it let me smell it all let me figure it out but that was a moment for me that i i'm on board because it, for me it is important for me to support people that i feel may be trying to enter into a niche or that are giving back in a different way and so there's when it comes to support of businesses, communities, there is that championing. And so I love the fact that you have this space, but it also sounds like you're, you're creating and allowing space too. Yeah. you do a lot to give back too.
1: (laughs) Somewhat. (laughs) I try, I try. I mean, it's, I feel like I've had relatively easier um, experiences than others. Like just in my queer experience alone, I feel like mine has been so smooth sailing. My family has been so supportive. My friends, like I have a lot of friends because I'm queer. I mean, granted, I came out when I was, it was like four years ago when I came out. It's when I finally allowed myself to live openly queer. But I feel like because of that, then it's, I feel as though there is some responsibility to create a safe space for other queer folks to feel a sense of belonging, um, a little bit of validation as well. So even just like on my Instagram page, like if I post something about President's Day, I'm like, guess what else was happening <laughs> uh, when we mm-hmm. first established President's Day? Um, and so again, same thing with the Black community and the community of women. And I think even just going going back to your original question of, of like the quality and how do I get people to see the quality and this could probably be clipped in <laughs> or earlier than what I'm saying now Sure. but um it's other than saying I'm black owned queer owned woman owned it's been really hard for me to to really hold my products on a pedestal and be like oh and also this cement vessels are handmade like I just did an event at the Garfield in Phoenix, and this guy that was working there as um he owns the food truck, he was like, "You hand pour these vessels," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't get them off Alibaba. Like I hand pour my vessels," and he was like, "That should be like one of the main parts of your story." Well, and I,
0: and I like, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that until like a couple of weeks ago. I realized that. And so because, friend, you did not tell me that when (laughs) I purchased your candles. Oh, hey, by the way, lady who has got her nose in like all of this candle stuff. (laughs) Did you know that I made that really badass pretty cement vessel that you're holding? I was unaware. Which goes back (laughs) to again. I mean, it's just like, let's normalize tooting our own horns up one side and down the other. And I think that that goes back to supporting businesses and supporting each other and building that community because you obviously don't have this massive advertising budget that other people may have or a marketing department to send this out. This is you doing the best job that you possibly can. And so... I'm a big supporter of the idea of when you find something that you love that you can get behind, you need to be an evangelically in support of that and spreading the word of mouth. I mean, it's the same thing with my podcast. I don't have advertising dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm completely reliant on other people telling their friends, hey, this podcast is awesome. Go listen to it. And But it's really mm-hmm. hard for me, even when people ask me what I do for a living. And so I have a fun question for you. When people mm. ask you, you what you do for a living, Lacey, do you tell them that you um are an entrepreneur and you have an amazing candle company or do you tell them that you're a yeah. teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I am looking at your face right now and I know what that answer is.
1: Um yeah. So you know what's funny is I'm gonna give you my answer and then I'm gonna tell you about the the mindset shift that I've had yes. this summer. Yes. Oh, I love so, it. So when people ask me what I do, I tell them I am a teacher, <laughs> I teach high schoolers, and I actually, I went from teaching to a nonprofit, said, F that nonprofit, this is incredibly toxic. I then got a job poster to my house as a educator, which means I was working minimum wage to not have a break in the day. Um... And then I was like, you know what? I missed that teaching paycheck, which I bet no one ever thought that they would say, especially in right. the state of Arizona. So I started teaching again. And it's interesting because people are always like, oh, and then this meeting and then that meeting, and I got to call this parent. And I, I think all of those things are so important in, with balance. But this summer, I had a mindset shift where I'm actually saying this. Like, it is my side gig now. Am I working it full time? Yes, I am. But it is the thing that I give my focus to when I am there. And When I am not there, I am focused on my business and my personal relationships. I would love to say I'm an entrepreneur. But, you know, growing up, if someone said they're an entrepreneur, it always just meant I can't get a job. So I'm just doing what I want to do.
0: That's so not the case anymore. I don't think. Oh, right. Was, yeah. I mean, try try being a writer and People... What do you do? I'm a writer, but well, what, and then the next question I get, I get two questions and I hate both of them equally. One is, yeah, but what do you do for money? I'm like what? Thank you for completely discounting the fact that somebody would pay me right. for content I'm putting out there into the world. And then the other one is what do you write? And it's just like, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to answer that question. And it's just like, I, I know. so it's easier. I, I think you've got a really good point though. It's easier to hide behind another professional identity than it is to get other people to wrap their brains around what we do. And again, Mm -hmm. it goes back to that. When you have to explain what you do over and over, it kind of sucks a little bit of the joy out of the doing it. Yeah, to have to feel like you're just, because on some level it takes the wind out of your sails because there is vulnerability in that. When -hmm. you are an entrepreneur and you are telling people about what you're doing, whether it's that you have a, 20 second elevator speech that you've rehearsed for when somebody asks you that question, there's still a certain level of approval that you're asking for that Mm -hmm. somebody who has a nine to five desk job does not have to seek because what they do is mainstream and normalized. And people just say, Oh, well, I understand what an accountant does. They get that. Mm -hmm. Nobody really has questions after Like nobody delves into the well. What kind of accountant are you? They Oh, an accountant. Okay. There's numbers involved. I don't understand it, but I'm just going to let that go now. Mm -hmm. So what a beautiful shift though, to do that (laughs) is, do you want to, and eventually get the business to grow so that that is your, your whole focus? Yes.
1: And I, I wanted to do that when I became a para. Actually, I was like, I can do minimum wage because I'm going to grow my business, but it was premature. It wasn't ready. Um, I didn't have the audience yet that I would have liked to really have ideally in order for my, my business to bring in enough money for me to actually pay my bills from. Um, because yeah, what people hear when they hear like, oh, you're a teacher. Oh my God, thank you. I don't, I don't know how you do it. Oh my god, you teach high school? <gasps> I could never. Because they kind of have this understanding of what goes into it, you know, at least a little bit. But when it comes to making candles, people are like, oh, you make candles all day. <laughs> and I I'm wish- like, I fucking wish I made candles all day. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs>
0: dream day. job
1: yeah right so I think I would really love to be able to have to be in the place where it is my job that is the goal like my fiance, when when we're ready to make that change she's ready to jump on board full-time perfect um
0: it, it would just be amazing like I, would love I was to gonna ask what team. is it is exactly I was gonna ask what is it what does it take what is that what does that look like because And I think that there's probably, and the reason I ask this question is because I am certain that there are going to be people that are listening to this podcast that are in the place where you were two and a half years ago. Like, I love doing this. People love what I'm doing, but I'm afraid to make that leap. And there's, there's at the same time, inspiration that can be found in (laughs) hearing somebody's growth. But there's also, there's also reality of it that there's, Mm-hmm. There's going to be obstacles. So, what does it take for you to get to that point where you are now hiring employees and you are now moving to the next level?
1: Well, I think to start, I would have to understand that the amount of money coming in, a, it's not for me; it's for my business. So, right until I can actually pay myself, I can't bring anyone else on. I do think I would like to preface all of this by saying. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like I never have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who does? Um,
1: right. I think actually being an adult means just faking it and confidently making mistakes. I feel like that's what being an adult is. Just yes, I made a mistake, but I'm making it with my chest. <laughs> so right. I I feel like you know, the next step for me would also be to hire an accountant. I think one thing that is the hardest thing just yet until this moment or, you know, not up until this moment, but um, as of right now is you can have amazing product. Amazing. It could be like the best fucking candle you've ever smelled. But if people don't know that it exists, it's not going anywhere. You're not going to sell anything. That has been the hardest part. Like, You have the inventory, you have your branding, you have your colors, you have all the things that you need. It's time to put it in front of people's faces. I would also like to have like a social media manager. Mm -hmm. I don't love social media. I will take the damn picture. I will post. I will edit, but I don't really want to do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It makes me super uncomfortable too. I'm just getting to the point where, I mean, anything that is self-promotion for me is excruciating. Oh my God, especially I with, I don't like, I don't like being on camera. I don't, and I'm doing things to promote what I'm doing that are just absolutely so outside my comfort zone. And I am of the firm belief that I don't buy into the bullshit of everything that's good that happens is outside our comfort zone. It's like, no, how, how about we just expand the comfort zone so that more, right. more stuff fits in it. So I'm trying to bring the social media into the comfort zone, so that it feels comfortable and it feels natural, but yeah what you're talking about is so much of the day to day stuff that you're doing right now that's taking you away from the building of the business in a way that focuses on your art right, right. On, on your creations and 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 making a beautiful product out there because that is that's that's the lifeblood of that Isn't it is that it making Bringing something to people that brings them joy is, I mean, let's be real. You're, you're selling, you're selling some, you're selling an experience, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just a product. And I think that's what I wish everybody knew about something that is made and crafted in a a very specific way that is designed to bring people joy, right? Mm -hmm. So you're on some level, you're selling some joy.
1: I hope so. I mean, I don't know if I've, I don't talk about the origin of how I even started making candles very often, but when I was younger, my family and I, we lived in this teeny tiny little blue house. And as we got older, my parents were able to get um, this beautiful house. That had, I mean, it had stairs by that fast. Stairs. oh oh we never had I dreamed stairs of stairs, stairs as a kid mm-hmm. yeah there were no rats in the attic like I mean it was really a level up and um we lived in that house for a, a small chunk of my high school career and then my parents got foreclosed on mm. and it was brutal I have never seen my mom that way. Uh, I remember people coming and knocking on our door like in the middle of the night, like these big men. And oh. I I had no, we, you know, the, the bank thought that my parents were, or my parents were hearing from the bank that they were taking care of it, whatever. All this stuff, that gets messy, which could also explain why I'm so weird with money now. Um, but then we had to rent. And so we started renting a house up the street which was also painful in its own way. And, you know, my dad had never rented, my parents had never rented a house with kids before, right? So they're like, don't fuck anything up, okay? Don't spill anything. (laughs) Don't put holes in the wall. You You wanna get mad and throw something, go outside. Like, do not mess this house up. So I could not, I could not paint. I could not put things on the wall that I wanted to. And my mom actually bought me a candle making kit for one of my gifts. I don't know if it was Christmas or my birthday. And it sat in the garage for a long time. And then one day I just brought it out and started playing around with it. And I just, I never stopped because I recognized that the only thing that was within my control to make like my room feel like my space
0: was scent. Yeah. That was so powerful. I've heard that the, the sense of smell is our most powerful sense that connects us emotionally even more so than sound
1: and oh. it's which is
0: funny because I my parents were over here my parents sold their house uh, about a year ago a little over a year ago and they were cleaning out the whole house and they had passed some things down to me and one of them was that My grandmother knit, my mom knit, and I knit. And so I got all of my grandmother's knitting needles. And then there was jewelry that was my grandmother's and my grandfather's and stuff like that. And my dad had not realized that he put his dad's pocket watch in with the jewelry, and he thought he lost it. And so when I moved to this apartment, I found the pocket watch. Well, I went to go give it to him on Tuesday. I went out to lunch with them, and I opened up the bag.
1: -hmm. And hand
0: to God, the it was my grandmother passed away two years ago in the middle of COVID, Mm -hmm. and I opened up this bag and it was overwhelmingly it was my grandmother and I was Mm -hmm. just a little just stunned. I was Mm -hmm. very emotional, just like oh my God, and I kept smelling the bag. That's the best part.
1: Like my oh so juicy candle smells so similarly to Viva la Juicy, and that's like how many of us have been. Just transported back into time, thinking of our juicy velour suits that are now somehow uh-huh. <laughs> back in style for some god awful reason. Oh god, no! Uh, but it no is, one needs maybe, that. I, it really is an experience, and even making it. Oh gosh, this experience. I have recently um, a, a like four hundred and fifty plus candle order had been uh, dropped in front of me and first, beautiful holy fucking shit and and then I was like holy fucking shit like I couldn't like like get the idea um that anyone felt that I was worthy of that and so which is interesting because I know my product is good but sometimes I'm like is it that good you know but it is it is and I was making candles and candle vessels at like like rapid fire And, you know, you have to make the molds and let them dry. And then you take them out and then they still have to dry because there's moisture trapped in there. And then you have to seal the inside and let that dry. And then you have to fill the candles and then they have to dry. And then when there's air bubbles, God forbid there's air bubbles, then you have to use the heat gun and let them dry. So there's so much happening here.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I was get i i thought i was gonna punch a hole in the wall not because i like to punch you guys it's just because i i didn't know what else to do with my body and my cement vessels were cracking i would pour the wax into the cement vessel and i heard it crack and i would like come on knock it out of the way like i was so pissed and it was just a whole day filled with all of these mishaps and you know the the outside of my candle vessels, they're not, they're not finished. They are unfinished. So mm-hmm. you want to do a DIY project with it. It's open for that. And that means so if I get carried away with the heat gun, then the wax goes on the outside on accident, it spills. And then I can't use that vessel because now I can't wipe it up. It's stained. Right. So that kept happening over and over and over again and my fiance is like are you okay and I'm like you cannot ask me that question right now (laughs) like you just can't I'm gonna Mm -hmm. freak out and at the end of the day I sat on the couch and I'm I'm an ugly crier like I can't even explain to you Mm -hmm. it's it's hard and you can't even identify my voice like who is that person talking
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I didn't even have any of that I was so tired that I made no emo- had no emotions in my face. I had no emotions coming out of my out of my throat. Ugh. I just sat there and tears just streamed down my face like stone cold. And mm. I was like, I'm gonna be okay. I'm just being like a little bratty because it's not working the way that I want it to. And the next day my fiance told me, You have never made candles at this speed before so you need to be gentle with yourself and learn right. from all of these little mistakes mm-hmm. and i was like who
0: hired you to to be the reasonable you did you house? hired her to be the reasonable person in the house that was you 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 gave her the job See, she's just doing it i was like oh my god words
1: of wisdom over here like okay <laughs> but it was so true. So, um, whoever gets those candles, I hope you don't, I hope there's no tears staining the outside of the vessel.
0: Well, and again, blood, sweat and tears goes into building a business. And so I guess the last thing is, is there any words of advice that you have for anybody that is contemplating making a, a big leap and taking their passion and trying to make a go of it?
1: I say, I say, do it. Um, Your ducks don't have to all be in a row, but there are going to be people who tell you, and even if it's you just telling yourself that the market is too saturated or this is already happening and so you can't do it. Um, And I always think about Shirley Chisholm and her analogy Mm -hmm. of if there is not a seat for you at this table, if they will not give you a seat, then you bring a folding chair. Because you really do just have to unapologetically take up space, even if you feel like there are other people in or out of your communities that are also taking up space, because there's enough for everyone. There is. So I feel like my advice would be to just unapologetically show up to the table and take up that space while also being authentically you. Like if you're witty and sarcastic, then let that let that come through. If you have a dark sense of humor, let that come through because you are your brand and you just have to be authentically yourself. Like I made bitches on my Wick stickers and I was like, I'm a teacher, can I make that? Like, yes, you can, yes, yes I you can. can. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so oh, I love it.
1: Just have to be yourself even if you're a little bit nervous.
0: Oh, I love it. I love everything that you're doing and I'm I'm so excited to hear your story. And I think that I'm looking forward to seeing wonderful things for you. I know they're going to happen because I, good things happen to good people. And you are, without a doubt, just you're good people. And Thank so we you. are going to link to everything in the show notes and we'll have everything on the socials so that people can find you and find your beautiful product. And I wish you the absolute best. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Thank you so much for joining us today. New episodes launch every Monday, so I hope you'll be back. If you enjoyed this podcast, there's several ways to show your support. First, by rating the podcast and leaving a review, you help others to find great content. Second, if you're looking for further connection, consider becoming a patron of the podcast, where you'll have a fun and interesting way to connect with others and even get more information on perspectives and things you may not have considered. Lastly, please share this podcast with a friend. The number one way that podcasts reach more people is through sharing and word of mouth. I appreciate you and your beautiful open mind. See you soon.